Welcome back in here to the courtroom of current events on Peter's Proffer. We're doing a listener question today, which uh, asked, what is a hate crime and how is it different than just a regular crime? So we're going to dig into what the definition is and how the outcome changes if something is charged actually as a hate crime. So if you have any questions for us, hit us up on social media at Tragos Law Everywhere. Um, you can send me an email, petertragos at greeklaw.com. Leave us a five-star rating or a review on iTunes, SoundCloud, however you listen to this. We're actually going to start doing some giveaways for people that leave reviews and uh, like us on the podcast uh, platforms that they listen to us on, so keep a lookout for that. But for now, let's get to the music. So we're here talking about hate crimes today. Um, and you know, a hate crime is not necessarily different from a regular crime. It's just additional depending on the motivation for a crime. So Pete, let's start out by talking about what the definition is, at least in Florida of a hate crime. Florida defines a hate crime as any crime where there is evidence of prejudice in the commission of that crime. It's literally that simple. So the, the Florida Uniform Crime Reporting Program defines a hate crime as a crime committed or attempted to be committed by any person or group of persons against a person or the property of another person or group, which in any way constitutes an expre- expression of hatred toward the victim because of his or her personal characteristics. Okay, so let's talk about starting with that. In Florida, what are those personal characteristics that can make you a victim of a hate crime? Florida actually has a pretty extensive list, uh, and it's pretty much race or color, uh, gender, and now gender identity, religion, ethnicity, or what we call national origin or ancestry, sexual orientation, uh, age, meaning somebody that's old, uh, mental or physical disability, and again, a recent addition, homelessness. Right, so that means... If a crime is committed against a person with one of those characteristics, it can be uh, classified and charged as a hate crime. Now, let's get into a nuance real quick, just to make sure everybody understands how this works. Just because you commit a crime against a person in one of these categories does not make it a hate crime. The crime actually has to have some expressed intent that you're doing it for the reason that they are in one of these characteristics or one of these protected classes. So you don't just, you know, uh, rob somebody's house and they happen to be of advanced age. It's you hate people that are of advanced age and you target them and you do stuff on their electronic bank accounts and, you know, you do it to them because they are of advanced age. Or you don't, you know, you accidentally hit a homeless person with your car. That's not a hate crime. If you take your car and you say, get a job, and somebody hears you screaming, get a job, and you run over a homeless person to teach them a lesson, that's a hate crime. So it actually has to be expressing hatred towards these um, protected classes, not just a crime against someone who happens to be in the protected class. So let's talk a little bit then differently. So we, we talked about Florida's definition. Talk about the federal definition and then how it kind of changes throughout the United States. Uh, The federal definition is found in 18 United States Code 249, which actually defines hate crimes. And it says, basically, when someone acts under color of law, willfully causing bodily injury to any person or through the use of fire, a firearm, dangerous weapon, 
explosive or incendiary device attempts to cause bodily injury to any person because of their actual or perceived race, color, religion, national origin, gender, sexual orientation, gender identity, or disability. Commits a hate crime. Oh, and I might have just missed it. Did it talk about destruction of property or theft of property or anything in the federal statute? Because in the Florida statute, it does talk about that. I would assume the federal statute also mirrors that. It does. And there's discussions generally about... That's burning a cross yeah. in someone's um, yard or, you know, egging their house or whatever based on, you know, the hatred of whatever the protected class they're in. Correct. Those are all obvious forms of hate crimes. Um, so this, so that's the federal statute, and it's a little bit different than Florida. And every state kind of does their own thing with this. So um, 45 states are pretty similar in how um, they cover these hate crimes, but... It differs when it comes to disability, sexual orientation, gender equality, things like that. Only 32 states cover disabilities. Uh, Only 31 states cover sexual orientation as a protected class. Only 28 states cover gender. And only 17 cover transgender or gender identity, like we talked about in Florida, how it's gender and gender identity. Only 13 cover age. Five cover a political affiliation, which Florida does not. And three, along with Washington, D.C. and Florida, cover homelessness, like we talked about. That is not one that uh, every state covers. So it really goes on a state-by-state basis, and it may depend because the federal statute doesn't uh, specifically set out homelessness. Um, but So it depends on what state you live in, whether you might be part of these protected classes or not. Because especially these days when you're talking about gender identity and things like that, not every state covers that. It's, it's definitely moving in that direction, but it may depend on what state you live in as to whether or not that's a protected class. So when, when a crime comes in, um, some more obvious hate crimes, like we talked about burning a cross or throwing somebody, uh, throwing a brick through somebody's window with a note on it that, you know, says, I hate whatever your gender or religion or race is. What, what are some of the more subtle hate crimes that end up being proven or brought in or charged as hate crimes going forward? One of the ones that is most common and people don't realize it is graffiti. Let me give you a, an example that kind of hits a little close to home based on the news of last week. If you were to go to a synagogue and you were to uh, tag the synagogue with spray paint and put up swastikas or uh, you know uh, Nazi hate straight uh, uh, terms, you are not only just committing the uh, the crime of graffiti. You are committing a hate crime because you so are not just defacing tagging. the property, but it's right. also a hate crime. Exactly. And you realize that, in, at least in Florida, what that does is it changes the level of crime that you are charged with. So, presuming for a second in Florida. So, let's talk about, and in, in getting on a more specific trait as where you're going. So, beating somebody up just in the middle of the street is obviously wrong. That's a crime. That's battery. Right. Um, but what makes it different and what changes if you do it because that person is homosexual or is white or black or Asian or whatever, when it actually, when you're doing it for that reason, meaning you have a swastika tattooed on your forehead and you, you know, you say it as you're beating them. What makes it different if you're motivated by hate because of their protected class rather than just a regular battery? Well, and you said it, it's your motivation, your motivation, intent, and the decisions that you made to commit a crime uh, have more... Um, obvious premeditation to them. Okay, so but how does that change when you're charged with this crime? Well, what, how it changes is it actually increases the, the penalties for it. And in state cases, uh, it, the easier rule of thumb is if they charge you with a hate crime, 
you are going to be reclassified, meaning what used to be a second-degree misdemeanor is now a first-degree misdemeanor. What used to be a third-degree felony now becomes a second-degree felony. So you actually add an additional level of, of criminal penalty to your case. And the difference between those levels of at least a third-degree felony to a second-degree felony is what? It could be huge. For example, uh, from a third-degree felony, which has a statutory maximum of five years, a second-degree felony now has a statutory maximum of 15 years. You also lose the ability to have certain uh, possible outcomes. You lose the ability for a withhold of adjudication when you get into second-degree felonies. You also may lose the ability to, to be eligible for diversion programs or things that may get you out of a, a simple of uh, simple crime but once you add that hate crime element to it, you are now not eligible for any of that. And it really it removes any benefit of the doubt that you may get from law enforcement or from the state attorney's office or even from the judge. Yeah, I will tell you that most prosecutors, at least the ones that I know over the years, take hate crimes very seriously. And like we've had Bernie McCabe, who's the state attorney, he even comes down and has tried some hate crimes recently when he doesn't really try cases anymore, but he wants to come make sure these people get nailed. Yeah, for sure. There is they def- bring out all the big guns when you, when you do commit a hate crime. Yeah, the, the, you never want to be made an example of in the law. And that's exactly what they do to you when you are charged a hate crime. Yeah. So, so yeah. So the, the, the basic point of a hate crime is you're classified differently the penalties are harsher, and you lose the benefit of the doubt. So it's just a much worse way to commit the same crime if they know your motivations were based on hate for a protected class. Um, And just like there's employment protections and other things like that, there's also protections in the criminal statutes for these protected classes. Um, And we're going to jump in now to the the hate crime that's been in the news lately, which is the Pittsburgh synagogue shooting um, and talk about what, what that defendant is going through now. Well, today, uh, the guy's name is Robert Bowers, and he was indicted on 44 counts uh, that include, I'm guessing, obviously murder, and hate crimes. And now, l- let's talk about why that's a big deal and why it's a federal case. In order to be eligible for a federal jurisdiction, there has to be some sort of what's called a federal nexus, meaning a tie to the federal government. The, either it's something happened on federal land, or in this case, you know, somebody used the internet or some uh, medium that crosses interstate boundaries and the feds get in. The interesting part about it is the reason the federal government and the FBI jumps in on these types of cases, especially this guy's case, is because the federal statute on hate crime changes everything. I'll tell you, the minimum mandatory prison sentence for a hate crime in federal court is 10 years. And that's even if it's a battery or something like that. If you actually get convicted of a hate crime battery, you're going to federal prison for at least 10 years. Correct. And if you're looking... No matter what the injuries are to the person that you battered. So you could have punched them in the face once. They could have had no real physical injury and you'd still get 10 years. Well, I don't, I don't know if it's that specific. Okay. But there, has to, there are some federal requirements. But if there's, I mean, if it's a, an act as a killing or an injury that's significant. Well, a murder, you're going to jail for 10 years anyways. Well, so that in, makes a minimum mandatory. A, yeah, but in a murder or a kidnapping, your minimum is now life. Right. So that's what I'm trying to say. So the minimum mandatory of 10 years is on the lesser hate crimes, but it still has a mis- minimum mandatory of 10 years. Correct. Uh, the second part about it is uh, the federal system doesn't have the, um, the, 
the discovery, meaning the evidentiary disclosures between the parties that the states have. Now, I can't speak for Pennsylvania, but here in Florida, for those of you that have uh, ever been involved in a case, the state has to provide the defendant with every bit of information they have, with every statement, with every uh, you know possible thing that could either help or hurt a defendant. Not necessarily so in federal court. So what you're doing is not only do you have a minimum mandatory uh, prison sentence, but you're also going to be on an expedited trial schedule and you're not, uh, the government does not have to give you the crux of their case until your trial starts. And all this is just an attempt to deter or stop people from committing hate crimes. I mean, that's really why they come down so harsh on it and it makes sense um, in order to try to prevent these hate crimes. And while it sounds like this doesn't happen that often, or maybe some people do think it happens very often based on the news. It, there was a study done about 10 years ago um, on how many crimes were uh, considered and coming in and, and charged as hate crimes across the United States. And it, the numbers are kind of staggering. So murders, seven done in 2008, and they were, they were classified as hate crimes. Forcible rapes, 11 in 2008. Robberies, 145 that were based on hate crimes. Aggravated assault, 1,025. Burglaries, 158. Larceny or theft, 224. And motor vehicle theft, 26. So that's almost 2,000 crimes that were classified as hate crimes in 2008 in this Department of Justice um, study that they did. So, I mean, there are a ton of hate crimes happening every day. I mean, 2000 hate crimes over 365 days. I mean, they're happening every day, multiple hate crimes a day. So this stuff is, is running rampant. And this was 10 years ago. I'm sure it's even more now with how the, the political climate is. But when you look at it though, in conjunction to the total amount of crimes that are charged a specific category, it's shocking that it's really not that big of a percentage. So for example, there were seven murders, right? Uh, for hate that are hate crimes. Well, there are 16,000 murders that year. So hate crimes, and I think prosecutors are pretty um, smart about it. They don't really tag you with that unless there is open, obvious, and in-your-face evidence. For example, uh, Mr. Bowers had uh, a lot of hate speech if you go through his social media, which is what the, uh, what the, um, the authorities did, and they realized that everything is about Jews and very pro-Nazi uh, and very anti-Semitic in a very aggressive manner. So that's why he's been tagged. Obviously, he did, in fact, go into a synagogue and shoot people during their prayer. Yeah, I mean, it, there's, it depends on how you look at it, I guess. So there's that many crimes just in the United States every year, so not a huge number percentage-wise or hate crimes. But in my opinion, for people to be motivated based on these protected classes, that's 2,000 crimes in one year is a lot to be done just on protected classes, focused on protected classes. Um, so that's kind of what makes a hate crime different. It mainly comes down to what they charge you with and how you get enhanced penalties and you get some uh, uh, benefits of the doubt taken away from you throughout the process. So, and, and you also have major sentencing issues because both in state and Florida and in the federal system, we have a guideline. And that sentencing guideline takes into consideration the fact that you're involved in a hate crime and it just bumps up your criminal history or your category or the minimum sentence that you're going to serve. And it does stay on your record because they actually that is something they have to officially classify when they charge you with a hate crime. Um, So thanks for the question. Hope you guys learned something today. Feel free to send us any more questions you have on social media.